Well, I'm very excited about today. And uh, Jordan called me the other day and asked me, could I take the service? I said, I'd be glad to help you. So that's why we're here. I'm going to teach on divine healing. As we call it healing school, if you want. I don't really care what you call it as long as you receive. But uh, when you have faith in God's mercy to heal you, like you have faith for God's mercy to forgive you, then you'll be healed as easily as you're forgiven. Now, see, I grew up in a church. They only emphasize that one side of it, that you can be born again. You can be the biggest whoremonger, drug dealer, prostitution ring, what do they call it, sex trafficking today, whatever. And if you gave your life, you walked, that, you walked the carpet down front in a Baptist church, my God, they'd take you right as you were and believe that you really got born again, that you've become a new creature. Because that's what they taught. Really didn't teach too deep in the new creature part, but they did teach you could be born again. But if we'd have been taught when we got saved, there's a whole package to this. The word salvation itself doesn't mean just new birth. That's only one element. Even, even our friend, Mr. Schofield, who didn't teach it, if you look in his Bible, Romans 1.16, he uses the word salvation there and gives you the Greek definition to be whole, to be sound, to be delivered, to be preserved, to be totally, completely sound, your whole spirit, soul, and body. But he didn't teach that. He just had a nice footnote. See, you can put it in paper whatever you want, but you don't believe it. It don't make any difference to you. So salvation, as, we, as from the Bible standpoint, whatever you've been taught may or may not be accurate. Thank God. And I'm not, listen, we're not called to choose. Some stupid person said, well, I've had to choose between new birth and healing. I'd choose new birth. Well, I would too, stupid. But nobody asked you to have to choose. What's the matter with you? Jesus said it this way. What's easier to say your sins be forgiven you or take up your bed and walk? The answer is neither is easy. They're both the same. And Jesus had authority to do both. And so do we. Yeah. Nobody asks you to choose. Get over your choosing. That's just men's ideas. They take one over the other. But if we'd have been taught correctly when we first got saved, this is my point. Listen, I was a full-blown drug addict and drug dealer when I walked the aisle. And, you know, that preacher, if he'd have known anything, he, he knew how to, I got saved. I'm grateful whatever he taught that night. But if he could have laid hands on me and said, I rebuke every spirit in this man, come out of him. He knew I was a drug addict. I'd talk to him privately before that, not before the service, but prior to that service a few weeks before. I told him I wasn't interested in Jesus. So, and he knew I was a drug dealer and a drug addict in the city. He would have got to rebuke the devil off me. It would have made my life a lot easier, quicker. And I was a very sickly person, too, from shooting so much dope, you know, lost 80 pounds. So, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not critical of them, but I'm just saying that was not sound teaching. It wasn't even biblical teaching. And you hear preachers say all the time, I've heard them, well, we only preach the gospel. You teach healing? No, we just preach the gospel. Sir, you don't even know what the gospel is. You need to go back to school. What is the gospel according to Romans 1.16? I'm just talking to you a minute. You don't need to go to these scriptures unless you want to. I'm not going there. The gospel is the power of God. How could the power of God not deal with sickness? Come on. Come on. How many of you know what I'm saying here? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I, I mean, I saw a special on lasers. They put one down in my eye to correct something one time, but I saw them cut a Sherman tank in two with a laser too. But it's monitored going into my eye, and very, I'm laying completely still, and they've measured all the measurements to do something. How many are listening to me? So I'm saying to you, a laser is supernaturally powerful. It could go into my eye without ruining my brain and cut a Sherman tank in two. I'd say that's some power, baby. You think it could kill a fly? I think it could kill a rhinoceros, a hippopotamus, tear them from top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? Golly, you guys act like you're not going to respond to nothing today. So when you, you get this, anyway. Some make the mistake of substituting your belief in divine healing for actual taking of God's medicine. Now, it doesn't matter to me what you tell me, if you believe it or not. I mean, that's up to you. But you could tell anybody you believe it and still be sick all the time. And, that, and maybe you do believe in it, but you don't have enough teaching yet to warrant dealing with the symptoms. And, and I'm not putting you down. I'm saying you do, this is an important issue I'm dealing with. I just, gosh, the last 10 years I pastored, go to the hospital, pray for somebody. They, now they got smarter. They had some places up front for preachers to park where they don't have to go to the roof. But most of those were already taken when I got there, either by preachers or liars. Doesn't matter to me. I still had to drive to the roof. You know, eight stories up and then take an elevator, go down and then cross over. And, then, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying hospitals are full of sick people. And there's not even a place. You have to park on the roof in most hospitals that I went to the last 10 years of my ministry because there's so much sick people. Not making fun of sick people. I'm just saying it's a full-blown epidemic when you think about sickness and disease. So we need to teach this and we need to realize. And it comes bit by bit as you learn. Like one of the things I can say right now, if you've got anything against anybody, if you're smart and listen to me, you'd forgive them right now before I go any further. Because you're going to try to forgive them on the way up to the altar. You may or may not settle it. But just internally say, Father, I forgive them of this, or I forgive them of that. If you're resentful, if you're bitter towards somebody that did something wrong to you, I'm not saying they, were, they should have done it, but by God, forgive them, or they're going to hold you in a cage. And you're not going to get your healing being bitter and resentful and want to revenge somebody. You know, that's the devil's crowd, always wanting to get you back. Yeah, I know what that's like. I used to work in that with revenge when I was a drug dealer. You know, part out of intimidation when some of my friends got shot to death, I started carrying. I wasn't about to put up with your nonsense either. Yes, sir. Anyway, just talking, not threatening you today. I'm just talking to you about things here. Listen to me. The Word is the healer today. As we partake of His healing Word, the Word works a cure in us. God's Word is the medicine that He prescribes. You know, I, I mean, one time I was just watching TV. I know it's been a year or two back, and I counted seven medicine commercials in one, what do you call it, interview of time. Between the show went off, and there were seven commercials, seven. They were all on medicines. One of them caused your left ear to close down. One of them caused your right kneecap to fall off. One of them causes your left eye to go blind. Could be, perhaps, or you can't breathe anymore. Well, you know, if you can't breathe, you're going to die. Yes, sir. You know, but they're, then they're going to give you a $25 card off your medication. You really did us a favor, you billionaire people. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a drug dealer 
But I tell you, the pharmaceutical people, they got this, they just don't use guns anymore. They use the, they use the law to get you. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm not running for an office. Do you think I'm kidding? You don't know me very well and you don't understand how the earth works either. All right. It won't do you any good to believe in divine healing without actually feeding on the word that heals. The reason it takes some people time to receive their healing, Brother Hagen says, is because they have to be moved into a position to receive and be healed. I, I'm just talking to, you know, however many people's here today in this room, but probably two or three of you feel like you don't deserve it. You're, you feel guilty. Listen, it's not about what you deserve. Get over that thought. I don't know who told you that. Maybe your mom or your grandpa or some stupid preacher. But you don't want what you deserve unless you're mentally ill. You do not want what you deserve. I do not want. I want what's being offered. And what's being offered to us is divine healing. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. You can't be a good little boy or girl. You're certainly not going to get it for being a bad little girl and bad little boy and act it up. But that's got to come to a stop somewhere down through here. Or you open the door back. How many listen to what I'm saying? It's not about what you deserve. It's what Jesus did for us. He, he did it all. I didn't do anything. All I have to do is receive. All I have to do, let me say this one time. All you have to do in Christ is learn to be a good receiver. Whatever he says about you, say yes and amen to that. Your mama might not like it. Some other preacher might not like it. Your grandpa don't like it. Your neighbors don't like it. Don't matter a bit to me who likes whatever. I'm going to believe God. And whether you believe it or not, I'm going to keep on believing God. I was believing God before I met any of you. (laughs) Including her. Starting to believe God. All right. Just talking to you. We take God's medicine orally by speaking it. Hallelujah. And what Brother Hagin was saying down here, it takes time to move people into being receptive and be healed. You just have to receive it. So, you know, hopefully you'll write these scriptures down as we talk today a little bit further. Hang on just a minute here. God, this is from FF, this is from BF Gordon, I'm sorry. God's word are life and health and medicine to all our flesh, Romans 4, Proverbs 4.22. You can have health and long life, but you will not have them without knowing the word. You can have health and long life, but you can't have health and long life without knowing the Word. I can't tell you the amount of times that, in just my fairness to people, not being mean or belligerent or ugly, the people come to me, well, we're believing for this and that about our marriage. We're believing for this and that about our home. We're believing for this and that about our car. We're believing for this and that about our life. We got a bad report. We got six months to live. What scriptures are you standing on? Well, um, um, uh, honey, what scripture was that we're believing for? <laughs> Just order the flowers. You're not going to get healed acting like that. You're going to have to be more responsible. Now, if you're a brand new believer, I'm going to cut you some slack today. Maybe you don't know what we know. You certainly don't know what I know, baby. I'm just talking to you. You could get healed today, but you can't stay in that mindset that somehow by osmosis because you come to a good church that teaches the word that that's going to get you anything without you believing something. And no more importantly, something that agrees with what we're teaching from the Bible. (laughs) 
I can agree with you about whatever you want to agree with. If it's reasonable, now somebody take that and go up and say, well, believe for a million dollars. And I happen to know you can't even pay your rent. And don't tithe. And I'm giving you food coupons to help you with groceries 17 times in a row. No, you're not a millionaire and you're never going to be a millionaire until you straighten out your life and go where you're at and straighten that out first and then move ahead. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's moving ahead day by day. No magic wands. This isn't Disneyland. This is not pixie dust. This is not stupid stuff, supernatural, watching TV shows that show you. No, this is living for God day day in and day out. You ever made mistakes? I've made plenty of them, and I know you have. But just repent and move on. Don't let them hold you down. That's the dumbest thing you let the devil jump on. When You know, when you as a kid, they say, free, free for all, and everybody jump on. No, don't let him do that. Rebuke him. Stand right back up and say, I shake myself. I'm not going to do that no more. In Jesus' name, I, Father, forgive me. And just move right on like it never happened. That's the way God wants you to live. I'm really preaching a lot and haven't even hardly got in my lesson yet. <laughs> One time I did something, I prayed, said, Father, forgive me. Two weeks later, he butted in on me in my prayer time. When he butts in, it's usually to correct me. He does talk to me, but he don't butt in. He butt in and said, uh, Michael, I thought you prayed about that thing two weeks ago. He brought something to my attention. Yeah, I did. He said, well, you don't act like it. You don't talk like it. You're all beat up in, internally and you're moping around about it like you just did it and you asked me to forgive you and I did. What's your problem? I said, well, I guess my problem is I didn't forgive myself. He said, absolutely. Stop that. Knock that off right now. When you ask me to forgive you for something, I am not a liar. I'm not like people that's told you their whole life they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to bless you. He said, I tell you the truth and I never lie about it. And I forgave you when you asked me. Quit acting all beat up about it. Get up and rise up and start doing what I told you to do. Yes, sir. It should do you good to hear some of these stories unless you need... Then that does you double good today. You don't have to beat yourself up. The devil's good at that. Just keep him out of your life. And, and let me see here. What else I got here? Brother Hagin says, if you want to live in divine health, you must live close to God. Brother Hagin. He didn't have a headache for 70 years as far as I could tell from what he wrote about one time. So let's talk about divine. Let's go to Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Thank you, Father. We're going to talk about healing, divine healing. This is healing school today. Let me just give you a couple comments here, and then we'll get into Exodus 15. If it was God's will to be sick, then we should not seek to be healed. We should not go to the doctor or take medicine to get out of his will. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 9, 12, you can just write this to the side, says, you know, they that are sick need a physician. So if you are sick, go see a doctor. Are you listening to me? Or take the medicine. Take it in the name of Jesus. I've never taught against doctors ever or medicine ever. I just say you don't have to get used to doing that your whole life. That's just the way the world thinks. Mm -hmm. And I would guarantee about two-thirds, maybe even higher of the Christians would be dead already if they hadn't had a doctor. 
because they hadn't been taught how to believe God and how to get their healing by faith, supernatural. So you could do it part and part. You could go to the doctor, but, but don't turn your faith off. Never stop believing God's word. Whatever you do, never stop believing that because, you know, you'll come out of those things. Yeah. God would not have healed even one person if it were not his will for all to be healed because God is no respecter of persons. Romans 2.11 says that God's not a respecter of persons. So if he healed somebody over here and he wouldn't heal me, if I met the conditions that person met, whatever those conditions are, then, then he would be lying about it. And he shouldn't have done that because he misled me. How many are listening to me? It's always God's will to heal everybody every time of everything. I didn't say everybody gets everything every time in all ways because there's different levels you've got to think through and use your faith about. But the more ignorant you are now about what I'm teaching, the more good chance you have of being healed today through my ministry. And if you know more, then you have to have more responsibility. Still come in the prayer line if you need to. I'll be glad to minister to you. And use your faith. Make it, make it, when you come to church, make it an active program. You're a doer of the word, not a sitter and listener all the time. <laughs> and then get up and do nothing. No, we got to be responsible. Talking about divine healing now. The fact that God changes not which the Bible says he doesn't change in Malachi and James is proof that he still heals. He doesn't change. Isn't that right? You remember Jesus healed. You know, there's three places you could look at in your Bible, not while I'm preaching, listen to me, but there's three places you can look for the perfect will of God being done in the garden of Eden before man sinned. He didn't have any mosquito bites. There was mosquitoes, but they didn't bite him. He didn't need a healer. He was the embodiment of God. He was a son of God. He was created in God's image, perfect and upright in all his parts. Everything worked exactly right. So that was God's perfect will. Later, and then here's another time, Jesus ministering in the earth when they brought the sick to him and it didn't give us, some scriptures give us detail about the sickness, but a lot of it just says heal the sick with no limitations. So if you're sick, you're qualified to get healed. That's what I'm trying. And so he healed everybody that came to him in faith. He never turned around and turned away anybody. He never said, and you know, if it was God's, he said, if you've seen me, Jesus, I'm, I'm playing the role of him. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've heard me, you've heard the father. I only say what he says. I only do what he shows me to do. The only time he couldn't do much was in Mark six because of their unbelief. And their dishonor towards him. Yeah. They said, do what you did over there at Capernaum here in your hometown. <laughs> you know, hot rod. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's the way they're acting, like a smart something. Elec, right. I'll be sweet about it. I'd like to be ruthless right now, but anyway, I'll be sweet. <laughs> smart Elec. Uh, you know, don't you do that. And it says they dishonored him and they said, well, we know you. You're Joe's boy. You work down at the carpenter shop building tables prophet something. <laughs> and he said they gave him no honor. Not that he demanded it, but he should have had it. <laughs> and, not, and they didn't believe he was a prophet or he could do anything. And it says he still laid, now listen to this. This is Jesus. Whew. 
I'm trying to be like him, but boy, that irritates me. Even him, he laid hands, not that he did that, but the way they treated him. He laid hands on a few people that had minor ailments. He still laid his hands on people trying to get, he was desperate to get something to people that would receive it. My God, what kind of Savior are we serving? He never said, you keep that leprosy, you, you dirty dog, you. I'm not ever healing you until you repent and lick my shoe. No, that isn't Jesus of the Bible. That's, that's somebody's religion. The only time he turned people down, they turned him down. They wouldn't receive what he had to say, so they couldn't. Re- and it says, in spite of all that, he still laid hands on people to try to get something to them. I try to be like that the best I can. I'm just kind of ruthless sometimes, you know. I just feel like that on the devil now. And if you happen to get in between the devil and me, you might get a little bit. Come on. And he went around the the city's teaching. That was the anecdote for unbelief. So, you know, when when I came today, I'm coming with a very important view to give you, and I know you know this, many of you, but it don't hurt you to hear it again, that Jesus is our healer. And he heals us of every sickness and every disease. He's got parts. He knows how to figure out your blood work. He knows how to figure out your brain chemistry. He knows how to figure out all the inner workings that you don't, I don't even know about. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a preacher. But I do know you have a hormone. You have hormones, male and female, that regulate. They're supposed to be regulated. And if they're not, it throws you off balance. Not necessarily physically, but mentally and emotionally. And you have an electrical system in your system somehow. I don't understand that, but that's true. And I had a friend that got his heart out of rhythm and he had to go back and he had to shut it down and restart it because it had to beat on a certain term, boom, 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 or whatever. And it was not doing that. It was doing weird stuff. And I was with him, one of those stents he had, and he was a really messed up person. I felt for him, prayed for him, but you know, he went back to the hospital and they fixed him. But anyway, we're just talking here. So God knows how to fix everything. Fix your feet. Fix your brain. You should never make fun of yourself, even if you're weak in an area. You should never say, well, I I don't remember very well anymore. No, you should say, I have an excellent memory. Even if you don't, that'll become better if you say you have an excellent memory. Because you're going to have what you say. Jesus said, so I I can't say, well, I don't believe that. See, it just worked for me. You're not believing it. But you're really working it in reverse. When you say you can't, you couldn't, you'd like to, but no, that's not right. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got to think like that, think along. All right. You ready for Exodus yet? Quit stopping me. Would you please help me? I'm teasing. Exodus 15, 26. And he said, if you will diligently hearken, this is Moses, to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments or his words and keep all his statutes. I will put, that's a bad translation. Let me give you the Hebrew word. I will allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have allowed upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now there's some, there's some, I don't have time. I have a whole teaching on that in one of my tapes and I wouldn't know which one to tell you to, that I sell, you know, that you could find that out. We do a whole teaching on misrepresented scriptures from the Old Testament. This is one of them. 
that indicates that God put something on. Where, let me ask you something. Where would God get sickness and disease in heaven? You know, sickness and disease in heaven don't go in the same picture. Certainly you could understand that. <laughs> Demons in heaven don't go together. You know that, don't you? This is where the battleground's out in this planet with the devil and then all the unbelieving people or all the people influenced by demonic stuff, their weirdness. Are you listening to me? God doesn't have sickness and disease to put on you. Where would he get it? He'd have to steal it from the devil. Why do I know that? John 10, 10 says the thief, the devil, the thief, God's not a thief. Jesus isn't a thief. <laughs> Is he? No. Is the Holy Ghost a thief? No. He's trying to help us, all three of them. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The thief, the devil, John 10, 10 says, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that represents those three things in my life, I know does not come from Father, does not come from Jesus, does not come from the Holy Ghost. But then Jesus turned around at the end of that verse, John 10, 10 says, but I've come to give you life and give it to you in the Greek, it says, till it overflows. You don't have just enough. It's flowing out of you. You got more than enough of life. Depression is not life. It's death. Confusion is not life. It's death. Sickness is not life. It's death. It's a slow form of death, but it's death. How many understand what I'm saying? If you're mental all the time, it's not very good. Now you could renew your mind to the word and be mental on the word. What I'm, that's a funny way to say it, but you got your mind renewed, then that's good mentality. That's healthy mentality. Because Jesus said, my words are life and spirit to you, every part of you. So when I get my mind renewed, that's life. But if I'm thinking like the world thinks about something like, oh, where would I ever get the money to do that? See, that's death. See, I got to get over on the word in my finances too, but I'm talking about healing. So God doesn't have sickness and disease. He's the one that takes it away. You can't, you can't resist it if you think God did it. That'd be impossible for you. You couldn't do that. You're made a human being. I am too. Remember, we just studied in, in our offering teaching, we talked about fear being of the devil. God said, I didn't give you that fear, any kind of fear about anything. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so if I feel fearful, I need to resist that and then get back in the Word, find scriptures that cover that case for me, whatever that would be, and begin to say that begin to put that in place of the apprehension I once had or my uneasiness about something. Or just listen to God. He tells you down here where to go and not go. Yep, praise God. If you're listening, he'll talk to you down there. Don't do that. Don't go there. <laughs> do this. Right. And buy this. Don't buy that. I know it looks right, but don't do that. Do this. Good. We're still talking about healing. I want you to see this. I am the Lord that heals you. I'm not, he doesn't say I was the Lord that heals you. I'm going to be the Lord that heals No, he says, I am. I am the Lord that heals you. I know it's not good English, but if he is, then I, I am, I was, and I is. You see that? He is the healer today because he's never changed. I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
There's nowhere in the Old Testament, I've done a study on this about these verbs. One more thought on that, then I'm going to move on. If the verbs are in the permissive sense, not the causative sense. That's what that means when it says where I changed it from I will put to I will allow. And the only reason he was allowing those diseases, let me tell you something, that allow upon Egypt, he didn't put them on them either. But because the devil is the God of this world by this chapter. Because he became the God of this world back in Genesis chapter 3. And he's the author of sickness and disease. And if you're going to serve him, that's part of what you get from him. Heartache. Broken hearts, confusion, depression, mental illness, physical illness that won't heal. See, and they, what did God do? Let's think of this through just a second here. What did Moses tell uh, Pharaoh? I'm glad you're a heathen. Just stay a heathen. (laughs) That's the way you think sometimes. People think that way. He said, repent, let me go. Let my people go, Moses. I mean, Pharaoh, let them go. I'm not going to do it. He doubles the load on their brick making. Then they're all mad at Moses because he got them in trouble. So he said, okay, the, the lice are coming. The flies are coming. The frogs are coming. And he went back to him several times and said, let, let us go. I'm speaking to you for God. Let them go. And you know, I, I told one of my grandsons this a while back because he asked me something about the death angel passing over. I said, well, that wasn't an angel from God. God doesn't have any death. But he couldn't come in where the blood was put. Ooh, come on, somebody. We just talked about that this morning. Any form of death. But the point is that he gave him, what was in 10 opportunities, I think it was. And he said, if you don't repent this time, the firstborn of every child in this nation will die. They buried all their firstborn child. That got their attention. But see, God's attitude was, come on and convert Come on and come with the Israelites. We'll take you in too and give you part of this covenant. See God's mercy in this? People got it so messed up in their heads. They think God is out doing stuff. I would not serve Jesus for a minute if he was doing what they say he does to people over at the Cosair Children's Hospital, the oncology department. I just want you to know that. I would not serve him for one more minute if he was putting sickness and disease on those children. And you know I'm right. If somebody gets charged with stuff in the court of law and they do every day, you're just not hearing about it. They do to their own children. They ought to be locked up or worse. That's called child abuse. My father is not a child abuser. I'm preaching really good. Some of you look like you need a cup of coffee, but come on now. You know I'm right. God is a good God. He is tender mercies over all his works. And Psalm 145 said, the Lord is good to all. He was even good to Pharaoh trying to get him to come his way instead of bringing judgment. God's not out killing preachers and destroying children. Burning down churches and something stupid. Yeah. I heard a local pastor on the news, you know, 32 or 11, one of those channels uh, within the last 10 years, and a guy standing there by a, a father that his wife and children burn up in a fire behind him. They got firemen running around putting out the last bit of the smoke. And, and the preacher said, well, you know, we don't know why God did this. And I'm thinking, get him off the air. Shut him up. Duct tape that guy. 
come out to the news waves in Louisville and people don't know any better. People are so stupid, they believe anything that a preacher says sometimes, even if it's wrong. I don't like people lying about my father that way, acting like he's murdering people. He is not a murderer. You know who a murderer is? The devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm not being mean to you. I'm just telling you, when it comes to the devil, I feel like being rough on him. He's been rough on me and Dot and you too. Put it back on him stiff and hard. He'll back up off of you. Now, let me talk with you about this. Here's some other translations of this. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I, the Lord, am thy physician. I am the Lord, your life giver. And this is my favorite. I, the Lord, make you immune to diseases. I make you immune. You know, I heard somebody, I guess the president and the scientists, and I thank God we've got scientists that will plunge ahead and try to get a vaccine for whatever's out there. No misunderstanding. But you know, this is telling us that God would help get us immunized. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> get us immune. And the word immune, because I didn't understand fully, I thought I knew, but I looked it up, marked by protection, not susceptible or responsible to things, and having a high degree of resistance to it. Hallelujah. You know you ought to speak to your immune system every day? Say, you're strong in me. My immune, I'm talking to you, immune system. You're strong. You take care of all bacteria and viruses that shouldn't be in my body in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So it says, I, the Lord, make you immune to diseases. You know, we need to receive Jesus as our healer. Why don't we just do that right now? Would you follow me in prayer? Say, Father, I thank you that Jesus is my Savior. He's my provider. He's my deliverer. And he's my healer. I receive you, Lord Jesus as the healer of my body. You know how to make me whole. You're the healer of my mind. You're the healer of my emotions. You're the healer of my flesh. To every part of my flesh, you're my healer. I receive you, Jesus, today as my healer and for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, did you make any progress when you received Jesus as your Savior till now? Yes. Yeah, because you learn more about him as your Savior. <laughs> but, and, and I know many of you believe for him to be your healer and been healed of very serious things sometimes, including me. But at the same time, we just say that and then we just let God begin to develop us in our healing, being a good receiver to heal us in every area that we need touched or ministered to. Hallelujah. Here's something. I, I just bring this up momentarily. I haven't got a lot of time to talk about it. You need, some of you, you're almost driven. Your personalities and the way you think, and you know, you could be driven and I couldn't see it on your face, but your brain's going. I call it the duck syndrome. They look real calm over the water, but their feet are going like crazy if they're moving fast. That's the way some of you live. You just, your thoughts, you never turn off. You just. You've got to learn to rest. You've got to learn to lay down and rest. I'm not saying be lazy. I'm not saying just take naps. But whoever this applies to today, are you going to end up in some big trouble down the road because your body is still physical. <laughs> Mine is too. So was Jesus's. And you can't just push it into oblivion. You could push it to a certain level, but you're, some of you just don't have any off switch. 
So learn to rest too. This is another part of your healing. You know, even Jesus said, come with yourselves apart. You've been on a campaign out preaching. Maybe it'd be good for you to come aside and rest a while and have a meal or two. Because every place Jesus went, everybody tried to touch him, throng him, you know, and get to him because they thought, well, I'm going to get healed. And a lot of them didn't get healed. Some did, but some of them didn't because they're just in desperation and in hope. But the lady with the issue of blood, she came in faith and touched him. And he realized something. He said, something left me. The power of God came out. I'm a prayer for The power of God came out of me. And virtue, he called it. The virtue there means a power. Power came out of me. And who'd that go to? And the lady finally stood up and gave her testimony. She wasn't supposed to be out in public because she's bleeding, you know, da-da-da, in that day and in the, under their regulations. But she got up and told him the whole story. Hallelujah. So, listen, we're talking about some important things here, aren't we? Jesus is our healer. Let's go to Isaiah 53 a minute. Look, look over here just a second here. We're going to, I want to get into some really important things in just a minute with you on the other side of this page. But Isaiah 53 and verse 4 and 5, if you'd look at this with me quickly here. These are good scriptures. And everybody that's anybody that studied their Bible at all would admit that Isaiah 53 is the chapter, a chapter, a specific chapter talking about Jesus as the Redeemer, or the Messiah, or the Anointed One, and, and on and on. But it says in verse 4, Surely He hath borne our griefs, that word is sicknesses, and sorrows, and carried our sorrows, and that word is pains in the Hebrew. I have an Isaac Lesser Bible. Somebody bought me one. He was a Hebrew scholar, and he translates it just that way. Surely He bore our sicknesses and sorrows and carried our pains. See, He took them. He took them. Then it goes on to say, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That doesn't say it as good as it says it in the Hebrew. But what he's saying is Jesus took our place so that anything that would cause us not to have well-being and calmness on the inside, he took it. He bore it for us. He took our place and it got on him so that we didn't have to bear it. So what he bore, you and I don't have to bear. There is sufferings, but it's not sickness and disease. It's persecution. It says he bore our chastisement for our peace to be upon us. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. We learn to think in terms that you are healed and you're the healed of God. God's paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Now, you know, if you've got an English Bible, it's not going to give you that. Probably if you have a good reference, it might give it to you in the footnote, you know, the Hebrew for that. But I've done my homework. I've studied. I went to seminary and all that. If that impresses you, I'm not trying to impress you. But, I mean, I just looked at concordances and stuff. Let me give you another translation. I'm in Isaiah 53. Just give me another 20 or 30 minutes, okay? I've been going 39 minutes and 50, 40 minutes right now. But only our diseases did he bear himself, the lesser, that's the Isaac lesser I was telling you about, and our pains he carried. The Babel and, Babel and, Babel, the Bible and basic English. <laughs> that got me tongue tied. It was not, it, but it was our pain he took and our diseases were put on him. The Rotherham says, yet surely our sicknesses he carried and as for our pains he bared the burden of them. The Byington Bible says, but in fact, it was our sicknesses. Look at that. Our, he was carrying our pains. He was loaded with 
our pains. And then the Smith's Goodspeed says, it was our sicknesses that he bore our pains that he carried. I'm looking for something here. Lesser, verse 5 says, through his bruises was healing granted us. Rotherham, verse 5, by his stripes there is healing for us. The Byington, it says here, the chastisements to give us soundness came on him, and by his stripes we got healing. It doesn't sound like good English, but it's a good translation. The Moffat says, the blows that fell to him have brought us healing. Isn't that rich? That is really good. Now, let's, let's go over here to, um, let's go over to Matthew a minute, Matthew 8. And I'm going to ask you to just park there a minute. And I want to talk to you about a couple of things before we go any further here. Now, you know, in essence, everybody could be healed because he bore it for everybody. Did he bear our sins for everybody? Well, he, you know, on the cross, he bore our sins, but he, he also bore our sicknesses. We just studied that and our pains and our quirks, whatever you want to call it, our little strangenesses about us. In other words, what I'm saying to you, and I'm qualifying myself there too, I had to let his word make me sound. You know, as a younger man, I had a problem with temper. I don't know if that's evident to you, but you know, probably you'd say yes, but I don't have a temper now except against the devil. I'm not trying to get anybody, you know, any person, but I'm ruthless on the devil because people need to be, and I'm supposed to be an example to my family and to you. And I'm the patriarch of this family, you know, so, and it's just good that, you know, and I'm believing God for my kids to turn out right. My grandkids to turn out right. I'm not moved at all by anything. I'm not moved at all about you know, some of you. I love you, but I mean, I'm not moved about it. what I mean. I'm not moved. I might be moved with compassion to pray for you and believe in you, but I'm not moved to be, you know, oh my gosh, what's happening with people? No, I'm not like, you know, I'm not moved by what I see. We just sang it. Yes, <laughs> He's ever working. Even when I don't see it. Yes. Even when I don't feel it. Now, see, if you knew me 30 years ago, 40 years ago, well, longer than that, I've been saved 40, uh, well, I've been saved almost 50 years. But anyway, but when I first got saved, I was a touchy-feely person. And you can like this or don't like, I could care less. I let the Lord knock all that out of me. Come on. I can be as emotional as anybody here, crying. I mean, and don't tell anybody I said this, I can watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, she don't even cry at Hallmark. <laughs> rough girl, rough girl. <laughs> Just teasing. But see, I let the Lord work all that out of me. Yeah. And you may not feel that way. You want to be touchy-feely, be that, but you won't get very far in faith if you're touchy-feely. Right. And you're always telling me what you feel, what you see, and what you thought, and what you... <laughs> don't do that to me. I'm liable to respond inappropriately to you and tell you to get over yourself and go pray for that kind of nonsense all the time. Just be responsible for your own life. I'm responsible. I'm not responsible for your life as much as I am my own, but I'm telling you the truth as a minister and a prophet of God to help you straighten up. If you want it, if you don't want to straighten up, then I don't know, you know, come back when Jordan's here. He'll not be as rough on you, but he'll, he'll help you straighten up too. 
not trying to be rough on anybody. I'm just trying to tell everybody, listen, we've got to deal with these things and let the word straighten us out. And when God deals, deals with me, I let him deal with me. You know why I'm this way? It was 1978. I was praying at the altar in my church in Otisco. And ever so sincerely, I don't pray to be talking. I pray to get answers. I pray to communicate with God. That's the only reason. I don't waste my time trying to be flowery. Thus, you know, oh, Lord God. No, I never talk to him that. Just, Father, I need you. Help me. Or whatever. So I'm praying at the altar. And I said, Father, I, want, I said, Jesus, I want to be just like you. And his response was, and he kind of in a loud voice, well, you're not. See, my touchiness got a hold of me then. And I said, well, and I felt offended. Well, I don't know about my lip quivering, but I was offended, just like you would be probably if God tried to correct you. But I, I like him to correct me. You know, I'm not like him to do it out of meanness, but, and he never has. But he said, well, you're not. And I said, well, and, I said, and then I stopped and I said, well, Father, you're exactly right. He said, yeah, that up and down, in and out, Michael, that was a drug addict and that was in high school, always wanting to fight and always wanting to do whatever you were doing, acting crazy. He said, if you're going to be like me, if you're sincere about that prayer, you're going to have to be the same son yesterday, today, and forever. You got it? And I said, I got it. I'm going to work on that. And this is only what, 42 years later? And he knocked all that out of me. Now, if I go to a funeral and, and you know, I know the person, I have some emotion there, I may drop, drop a tear or something, but listen, they... I tell you, you need to get Keith Moore's teaching on victory over death. They're not lost. They just moved away. That's good. Amen. I'm never going to tell anybody I'm sorry for your loss anymore because that's anti-scriptural. It's gain for the person that went. And if you had really loved the person, you would thank God that at least if they went, they had gain. See, we think we're scriptural until we get into stuff. Then we go, oh my God, what did he say? He really say that? Yeah, I really said that. And, and Keith would help you even more than me. And he's coming here, you know, in September. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Anyway, get back to my message here. I wanted to talk to you about four things that mess people up, why everybody doesn't receive. I haven't got a lot of time to talk to you, but to give you, I'll give you a verse or two. I won't turn there, but... First of all, people don't get healed because of error or wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine. Uh, Isaiah 5.13 says, My people uh, go into bondage because they have no knowledge. How many remember that? Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Listen to this. My people, God's people, are destroyed for lack of... They're not destroyed because the devil's all that in two bags of chips. He isn't even a half a peanut. No, I'm serious with you. If you knew how weak he was, you know how scared he was of me talking like this, you would join me. I'm going to intimidate the you-know-what out of him the rest of my life. I've already determined that. I don't care. Come hell or high water, I'm going to work hard on intimidating him. He's already a fearful creature. And I'm not going to be one of those that the Bible talks about when this is all over and we look at him and go, I was scared of that. What was I thinking? Well, you weren't thinking. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you with me, Brother Jerry? You're with me, aren't you? 
I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to get some enlightenment to you. But error and wrong, it said we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, not because the devil's just a big bad mama Joe. Now, if you lay down to him, he'll kill you. Because that's his ultimate intention, get you off the planet. (laughs) You go to heaven or hell, but you're off here and you're not able to, you know, do what you were called to do in your lifetime. Live your life out, fulfill your dream, fulfill God's dream for your life. That's what's important to us. Should be. Amen. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. So wrong doctrines will put you into captivity. And God gave me this to teach me something. Well, there's no scripture that validates that. You know, I've buried a lot of people that thought that. Not under my, under my ministry, but other people that passed and asked me to do a funeral for them. Different things like that. So error and wrong doctrine will not let you receive. Okay, number two, traditions. Traditions that people have. Mark 7 and verse 9, Mark 7, verse 9 and verse 13 says, You make the word of God of no effect through your traditions. Now, there can be Bible traditions that are accurate, like the Lord's Supper and water baptism and things like laying on of hands is another ordinance that we're going to do in just a few minutes with you if you want it. Uh, those are all legal, those are all legitimate traditions. But if the tradition violates the word, then we need to go with the word because it says the traditions will make the word of God of non-effect. If you can't get the word to work, then you're, you're sunk because the word has the power. It's the power of God's in his word. All right. So sometimes traditions like Paul's thorn, Job, and we've taught you, we've got teachings. I've got our teaching on each one of those two subjects that you could get from our ministry, you know, if you're interested, whatever. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to help you here. So error, wrong teaching, number one. Traditions, number two. Number three, not rightly dividing the word. And sometimes that's a problem. People wrongly divide the word and, and get it backwards. And sometimes I'm teaching the same scriptures that a preacher over on the other end of town's preaching to try to teach his people they need to be sick. That that's normal when I'm teaching from the same passage and the same verses teaching you you don't have to be sick. It's just the way you interpret things. It's the way people interpret. You have to write, if you rightly divide it, it's like this. If you rightly divide it, it always produces life. It produces light. It produces power like the laser, but you get a laser out of balance and stuff, you're going to tear up a lot of stuff in your room. Sawing things in two or hurting people. But if you rightly divide it, the Bible, it works and it's given to us to help us. Well, how about, and I'm not being mean, but how about India? The very thing they gave them for food is keeping them in bondage. They won't eat a cow. Listen to me. They won't eat a cow. Walking around the streets, pooping on everything. You can imagine the disease and stuff. I'm not trying to be graphic, I'm just realistic. Yeah. You ain't been everybody but America. You don't know what I'm talking about. I've been in some. I've been in India, but I've been in third world countries. Yeah. The thing, the very thing God gave them to preserve them has put them in bondage because they got a religious teaching that says we can't eat this cow. That's right. 
Just the way you look at it. Hack him up, I'll eat him. I'll take me a filet, filet mignon. Come on. Some people are not right. Second Timothy talks about that. Second Timothy 2.15, about rightly dividing the word of God. You have to study to show yourself approved. You don't get this just reading a promise box thing on your kitchen table with a little verse in it. You have to study. It ought to be evident that I've studied a little bit to you, you know, when we're preaching because we've done our homework and continue to do our homework because it's appropriate. I have to do that to be able to rightly divide the word. So, and then 2 Peter 3, uh, 15 through 17 tells us that, that there that some people twist the scriptures to their own destructions. Didn't even mention the devil. Didn't even bring him up. Just people with twisted mind. Are you listening to me? I had a couple of preachers come to my office one time, want to argue with me about baptism, water baptism of all things. Baptized wow. in the name of Jesus only, try to convert me. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I got it all covered. But see, they didn't come asking to let me help you about your healing or let me help you about your finances. They come with some oddball thing about baptizing in the name of Jesus only. You think that's silly? I think that's silly. Yeah, double silly. When it comes to critical things in the Bible, that is stupidity again. I want to argue with you about something like that. It has no bearing on anything. I'm using the name of Jesus to baptize, by the way. I just told you that. The Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The Son's name's Jesus. If you don't know him, I'm just talking. But see, they're off on some tangent. Or how about tarrying to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The Bible doesn't teach that. And you go through the book of Acts, as soon as they got them saved, they wanted them to get filled with the Holy Ghost right then. Some of them got filled before they ever got to the altar. They got saved in their seat. They started speaking in tongues in their seat. And he, Peter didn't even give to give an invitation to come up and let me lay hands on you. So you <laughs> I'm talking scriptures versus man's reasonings. And he twists scriptures to their own destruction. Hallelujah. Number four, I'm just about done here. I've got a, maybe another thought or two, but uh, past experiences. This is a problem for people, past experiences. Never base what you believe on an experience. Base it on the Word of God. Don't base, you know, what you believe on an experience. You have to base it on the Word of God. I mean, I think it's, uh, let me see here, Romans 3, 3 and 4 says, uh, what does Romans 3, 3 and 4 say? Let me look over here real quick. Hallelujah. Let God be true. Let me see here, Romans 3. 3, what, shall, what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Just because somebody doesn't believe it doesn't mean doesn't make God's faith of non-effect for you. Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So if some don't believe, it doesn't make the faith of God without effect. I do believe. I do believe the Bible. I believe in what it says. I believe in getting the results of the Bible. 
Now, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just trying to help you see. But people base things on past experience. Well, I tried that one time. You know, I got in a meeting, somebody laid hands on me and I didn't get it. Yeah, but what kind of teaching did you have before you got up here? Where was your head at? You're just going to see, well, I'll just come see if uh, Dr. Jacobs got anything. Well, I've got something, but you know, you have to agree with me. You have to use your faith to receive what we have to minister to you too. There's another part to this. How many get what I'm saying? So if somebody doesn't believe, that doesn't affect my faith. My faith will get for me what I need regardless of anybody else. But when it comes to doing things with people involving other people, I got to get some agreement from them, at least something leaning towards me a little bit or, you know, you follow what I'm saying? Where they would receive from me appropriately. Don't worship me. I'm not saying that, but I'm just receive what I have to minister to you about. That's what I'm saying. We're not into hero worship. I don't care who they are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these four things sometimes will mess people up because they've had bad experiences and then they come to some moment in time and they're going to try it and see triers are going to fail. The doers of the word, they're going to prevail. They're going to receive from God. They're going to acknowledge what God has for them and jump into that and receive and so forth and so on. Now, let's, let's, since I'm in Matthew 8, let's, look, let's stop right here. And let's go down through here, verse 1, 2, and 3. And it says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, this Jesus. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now it's evident this leper had never heard Jesus preach because he wasn't sure whether Jesus would do it. He said, I know you could do it, but I don't know if you will do it. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So we see here, this is Jesus' response to all of us. Why do I know that? Because Romans 2.11 says God's not a respecter. Acts 10.34 says God's not a respecter. James 2 and 9 says if you respect people for any reason, you commit sin. (laughs) So Jesus would never commit sin. So in other words, he looks at everybody the same in the opportunity they have to receive from him. And if you come sick today for any reason, his attitude towards you is, I will. You know, I'm just a man. I represent him. But I mean, you know, that's the only way you're going to get it today. What I mean is by somebody that represents Jesus because Jesus is the healer. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a FedEx guy or UPS guy, you know, bringing a message. And I have an anointing too to help people to get healed. Hallelujah. Hope you got something out of this. Jesus is our healer and he's the healer of every sickness and every disease. So stand up with me if you would and I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to